This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by UBCP ACTRA, a.k.a. the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists, the national organization of professional performers working in the English language recorded media in Canada. For more information about UBCP ACTRA, visit ubcpactra.ca. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Ferminger. May is Asian Heritage Month. And to paraphrase the great Sandra Oh, It's an honor to not just be Asian, but to celebrate the depth and breadth of what the word Asian actually means. Asian is a big word. I'm ethnically South Asian on my dad's side. My dad is from Asia. There's also East Asian, Southeast Asian, Western Asian, Central Asian. Asia is comprised of nearly 50 countries billions of people, thousands of cultures and languages and ways of life. So when we celebrate Asian heritage each May, we are celebrating billions of threads that weave together the dazzling, storied, vast continent that is Asia. But for those of us in the diaspora, Asian Heritage Month is something else. It's tinged with the knowledge that it can be dangerous to be Asian, that Asian hate is real, that some, but not all of our neighbors, are willing to hurl racial slurs in our direction or shove us or murder us just because we are Asian. In Vancouver, hate crimes against Asians rose nearly 3,000% during the pandemic. 3,000%. Think about the magnitude of that number and also what that means in terms of the mental emotional, and physical human toll. So when we in the diaspora celebrate our Asian heritage during this month, we do so with defiance. We want something more. We want to revel in our cultural heritage. We want to claim our joy. I thought a lot about joy and joy as a form of resistance while I watched the music video for Different Than Before. The song was written and performed by Amanda Sum, and the video was directed by longtime friend of the podcast, Mayumi Yoshida. You might remember Amanda and Mayumi visited the pod all the way back in 2020 to talk about their first collaboration together, the video for Group Think. This new video features a family, just an Asian family living their lives as all families do. They're out for dim sum and karaoke, celebrating the engagement of their older daughter. There's lots of laughs until they're heckled by a white family. The dad wants them to just ignore the racism. The daughters want something different, something different than before. 
Different than before, stars Amanda as one of the daughters. Olivia Chang plays her sister. The legendary Tai Ma plays her dad. Sachin Sahil is Olivia's fiance. And Amanda's mom, Linda, plays her mom. It premieres on May 20th on Amanda's YouTube channel. And I am delighted to welcome Amanda and Mayumi back to the pod to talk about their latest collaboration. Amanda's son. Ah, Mayumi Yoshida. Welcome back. I should also add, I'm an official sponsor. YVR Screen Scene is an official sponsor of this video. Thank you, YVR Screen Scene. It was the easiest thing. The easiest thing. Miami was like, I'm doing working on this thing with Amanda. Do you want? I'm like, yes. Well, let me know. I'm like, yes, I got to be part of it. I want to be part of it. Oh my gosh. True story. It was so fast. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, no, but uh, let me, let me send you the treatment. Let me send you all these things. So you're like signing on to something that you know you want to. I knew I wanted to be a part of the special magic that happens between you. Okay. Amanda, let's start with you. Uh-huh. Tell me about the inspiration for the song different than before because i'm assuming the song and the video the short film were uh born at different moments i'm assuming the song came first i don't know (laughs) how art works (laughs) Uh, the song was written uh back in may 2020 so two years ago um and at that point the um covid pandemic uh kind of in made apparent uh, a big uprise of Asian hate crimes. Mm. Um, You know, I think like language that had been used towards Asian people from um, people in power had kind of um, instilled upon people that it was okay to um, hate. And uh, that, yeah, that was quite a uh, confusing time uh, and and that was in May 2020 which was like prime lockdown too mm. so it was a lot of sitting in, inside and not knowing how to socialize and relearning how to reach out to people so in that sense it was quite isolating and how to how to um, digest the fact that people who looked like me and and people in my, my community um, were being attacked and not being able to visit and check in with people in person was quite hard. Um, and anyhow, in that sense, I knew I was thinking a lot about how a, a systemic change needed to happen. Um, and then acknowledging within that how these changes don't happen in the, in the blink of an eye, but that it takes a long time for these changes to be um, implemented. Um, And the song was just about this craving of wanting a day where we could do mundane things like go for bike rides or go to the grocery store or do our little party dance moves (laughs) and without, um, without being in fear. I think from 2020 to 2021, totally different as well. Mm. Um, And to now, different again. Um, um, And I think, you know, sadly, this was written two years ago, but it's still um, relevant now. Yeah. Um, And with last year, with the Georgia attacks and six Asian women being murdered, it just like, 
it kind of feeds into this um, bigger picture of, okay, it's, it's like, it affects all of us. Mm. And it, and then I remember quite clearly last year feeling um, quite disheartened in that when uh, sharing these posts about Stop Asian Hate, um, it seemed like it came to a block with like, it was only my Asian friends sharing these things mm. and it didn't go further. And I felt really disheartened by the lack of support from my non-Asian friends who are in my, like, who are my friends, my family, my community as well. Um, and so I think this like feeling of, oh, it's, it's so othered um, is something that I'm still grappling with. Yeah. Yeah. Mayumi, tell me about your, your vision for this film. Um, what was it about the song that inspired the story that we see play out on screen? Yeah. Um, I remember when I first heard this song, I felt like it was like a lullaby. Hmm. And maybe because we were going through the pandemic, it was still like a month or two in. And then I, I think I heard this in August. So, uh, and it was, but that was still like, like we imagined this would end by September and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so wow. like, yeah, remember that time? Like, mm. oh my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> and I, I, when I heard this song, it was just like that very gentle melody and her voice, everything just kind of, it was almost like a healing song for my very tired soul at that time. Mm. And it was very comforting and some, and it, there was a little part of it that made me feel very nostalgic. And I remember mm. um, that the feeling of like this, this song felt like it understands everything that is happening in the world and how chaotic it is and it's really forcing us to change how we are and how we live but there is this gentle reminder that if you just rest your eyes and you take a breath then just for a short three minutes you just felt like everything will be okay hmm. and that was the feeling i got when i uh when she gave me the demo, because after she, I listened to it on the day, I was like, okay, dibs, I want to do a music video on this. And then uh, and when she sent me the demo, I, it's like my most played <laughs> song on iTunes. Well, my, I just put it on my, in my library, but yeah, it's, it's up there with Adele. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. That's it's amazing. Huge. Wow. <laughs> Now, like, BTS is inching up, but, like, <laughs> but it's up there with a doubt. Oh I'm, like, I'm obsessed with this song. And I think that, and, and I also, when I said nostalgic, I meant, like, when I was listening over and over, because, you know, I'm thinking about, like, what kind of music video would it be and just kind of trying to open up my imagination. Uh, I wasn't even trying. It was very natural. It was very easy to sink into this song. And uh, it took me to a moment when my sister got married. And um, I remember she was the first one to exit the family because she, my, I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, and she's the middle child. And 
I remember feeling like when she left the family, it just felt a little bit, there was a little emptiness in me. Mm. All of a sudden, the family changed. I was super happy for her, obviously, but I think just as an individual, I just felt like, oh, it's not going to be the same anymore. And so uh, I, I was curious about this sisterhood thing. And then we talked about that with Amanda and Amanda loved the idea too. And then the more we talked about, okay, what do we want? What do we want? And then Amanda sent me some inspiration videos and we were kind of talking more and more. And then we really did talk about how like her original message of like what the origin of this song has to reflect the music video. Mm-hmm. And the more we saw Asian hate crimes towards elders were increasing, I think it just felt natural that like we need, we wanted to put uh, the main character to be this, um, this a- uh, Asian elder who is empowering. You want, you want to make a film that like brings joy to everybody in this time of like difficult difficulties. And uh, and then when I thought of like elder joy, and then I thought, of course, the, the first thing I think of is like casting. And of course, I thought of Tai Ma because he's my friend, and also he was so uh, a huge advocate in. Um, all these top Asian hate campaigns. And I thought of him in in this like extravagant Elton John costume with big feathers and like platform heels and just glitter. <laughs> and it's also something that I, I think he prob- um, doesn't play typically. Mm. And that's always exciting to to cast someone who and and then let them play something that they that is out of their usual uh, wheelhouse, and <clears throat> especially because this theme was heavy, we wanted to contrast with the visuals being uh, bright and joyful, and um, so that it balances out with the realness of the the message of our the, of racism. So, um, yeah, that's sort of like, sorry, it was a long, long story, but yeah, that's sort of. Don't say sorry. We're a storytelling podcast. (laughs) This is where people come on and tell their story. So if I don't have to ask questions to get the stories, that's fine. So you talked about the casting of Ty. Can we talk about Olivia who, you know, Olivia Chang, one of our, our, our industries, you know, finest fire ass kicking actresses. I love her so much. Um, yeah, so much. And also Mm -hmm. like, I love her like as an actress, but also I, I love how she speaks out about things, especially Asian hate, you know, on social media and in interviews. So tell me about like why and how you got her and why you wanted her, you know, to play Amanda's sister, Sarah, who's in real life, Amanda's sister is named Sarah. I have that yeah. back. I have that information. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm guessing that's where I came from. So yeah, so yes. Olivia for Sarah. Um, Olivia, same. I just have such a huge talent crush on her for for, the, for a long time, and uh, I've been I've been wanting to work with her forever. It was a dream, and then um, when we were thinking about the sister casting, and when Ty's there, we thought about like, okay, who's the family? And I think it was a very important thing to make sure that the actors who are involved are also like huge believers of the cause. Mm. And with Ty being Ty and his uh, way of sending social me- social messages, um, Olivia was also such a huge impact for me and how to to use your platforms to uh, advocate for change and 
she goes beyond Asian uh, heritage. Like she goes Black Lives Matter, indigenous people's rights. Like she is so outspoken and so articulate and just like, just so freaking smart. That mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that uh, not not just as an actor, but her as an activist and her her amazing brain can can contribute to this story as well and sure enough she did her and ty and amanda and lynn all of them they helped me make sure that this story is relevant when we were going into the to shoot this music video because in february like there were lots of um very tragic incidents that happened in new york and Mm. We felt like, okay, when we wrote the script, it was 2020. How are we feeling right now? And is it relevant still? Do we need to shift some things? Is is, is it ringing true to every single person who is going to be in front of the camera and is a, a, a big creative source in this story? So um, I'm so, so grateful that they were all able to be part of this. And I, yeah, I feel so privileged. Amanda, talk to me about what happened on set that day, you know, um, and I'm not going to give spoilers. Can you give spoilers for a music video? I mean, there's definitely a a narrative arc to this, but there are some like, you know, key things that happen. People want to go watch this. They can like jump into the footnotes, find the link, go to the YouTube channel and watch the video. Um, But, you know, there is a confrontation that happens. it's something that I definitely recognized from my own life experiences. Rather, I was watching my father experience, you know, racism or experience myself and that the feeling of, of embarrassment and, and shame and anger and powerlessness and all these. So we see we see that, uh, you know, play out and it doesn't go the way that it has gone for me in the past. Let me tell you, um, joyfully so. What did it what did it feel like? for you to to go through that that particular narrative arc you know and what kind of conversations were you you having with your your cast members and your director on the day mm. um well Mayumi is just like I love working with Mayumi so much because she always takes care of each and every person um and is just a family builder um and we had to, like back when we were writing the first like the first treatment, we were thinking about what what kinds of things were these um, hecklers going to say. And I, you know, I was, I, you know, I wrote this song stemming from a certain thing, but I was also in my head not wanting it to be like the, I didn't want it to be the main event of these you know, I didn't want to give voice to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like, you know, little intricacies of what these people could say, how to make it, um, how to tap into it without making it the, the forefront of, of um, the story. Um, and then Mayumi um, uh, held a call between everyone uh, prior to the first day on set um, and just like opened the floor for for us to speak on this and um, yeah every like so so lucky for us to have these actors 
to really dive into this and to know that you know clear, these actors are acting and they're contributing to the story that we want to tell for the bigger um, for the bigger picture. Um, and then on set too, like no, just knowing the safety of it, of knowing that these words are for the story. Mm. And then also, you know, splitting the actor brain in half and being tapped into this. It was like, like hearing those things felt like, whoa, this is, you know, this happens outside of our safe set. And and realizing that is like, well, this is why we need to be telling this because these things are real. Um, yeah. yeah, and and then to kind of balance that out, I, like I remember Olivia and I would go walk on over to the to the heckler table just to check in to say how is everyone doing, and <laughs> and just to chat and just to make it, you know, not um, heavy. Uh, the whole time and I think that's a big thing that Mayumi and I share is is we put joy at the forefront even when things are rooted in a heavier theme um, behind the scenes and what ends up being on screen is joy. Mm -hmm. Mayumi what is for you the, the joy of the music video form? You know, and how is it different from, you know, short films? Or I, I know you're getting into feature films, you know, as well. Uh, what is the joy? And specifically when you are able to work with an artist like Amanda. Um, music videos are, it's, it's, I feel like it's a playground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you, you really can go really far, but also make very ground, grounded, grounded work as well. So um, I love the, uh, it's, I, I almost feel like it's kind of theater in visual form. Mm -hmm. You can do, you can swing hard in both ways and it's totally okay. You can still do that in narrative, but uh it takes a lot of effort for people to go into narrative that is very ambitious. But with music video, everybody is kind of expecting anything. Hmm. So I like that about um, making music videos. And I've had the honor of making it now twice with Amanda. And this is, <clears throat> I love working with Amanda's material and Amanda's energy because it's always so genuine. And you always feel like a part of her in the song that uh, I always feel like I want to do justice and honor it as much as possible. So, mm. uh, and that is always joy. Like she just has a bubble of joy and curiosity and also a, uh, an air of maturity too, to all, to all that she does, even though she's so young. I know you're right here. <laughs> I just like, Yes, and, and. <laughs> That's like, even even in uh, a serious moment, like um, it allows us to break into dancing, and that's that's a very lovely relief. And I think uh, that you, I, I, it reminds me how like this needs to be more of what 
uh, ha needs to happen on on other bigger sets because if you lose that sense of joy, if you're kind of like chasing after tasks, ta tasks after tasks after tasks, like you, because there are so many things to do, you kind of forget like why did you even start this in the first place? Mm. What is the story? What is the message? And uh, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing that there's a script, but then there's also a song that keeps us on track, because the song literally has the energy of everything that the inspiration came from. So um, yeah, it's 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 uh, I think it's crucial in Amanda's work to have a sense of joy, and uh, I'm learning so much from her and trying to infuse joy into other things that I'm doing to like not not let lose sense of that because you do when you get so boggled into all the things you get so busy you get <laughs> you forget um why you even started so yeah what about for you Amanda what role does joy play in your work oh I think a big role <laughs> starring role <laughs> <laughs> um well you know what i think i too get lost in logistics and and um i i as much as i um prioritize joy i have to remind myself to do so mm. um because it is so easy to just you know be task-based to get things done and mm. to lose that sense of um, grounding yourself in why why you're doing this. Um, but yeah, I think uh, a lot of my writing is rooted in somewhat, some kind of identity piece. And that's, you know, rings true for groupthink as well. Um, and floats around these ideas of what it is to be young or what it is to be a woman or Asian um, in some ways more uh, prominent than others. Um, but either way, when we're talking about these um, inherent, inherent identity um, pieces, it can so easily be drawn inwards and get heavy and get you know victimy or get sorry um and then i i don't ever want to victimize that experience because this is just what i know <laughs> and this is the mun the mundane for me um so and the mundane for me is also like fun and playful so i think balancing that inward reflection and then putting it out to say, okay, this is, you know, this is what I know and this is how I carry it. And someone told me a while ago that there's always room for a dance. And I think that is, um, I like to carry that in writing or in film work or in day to day that, yeah, there is always room for that. Um, I love that. There's always room for a dance. <laughs> yeah. How would you like your audiences to feel, you know, during and after the video? And is the feeling the same for, for Asian viewers and also non-Asian viewers? 
Me or Mayumi? Well, I mean, it's kind of a both of you question. I'd be actually be interested in hearing, you know, both, both of your answers, because maybe they're different or maybe they're aligned. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> okay, I can go first. Okay, you um, go first. I, <laughs> I think um, I never want to dictate how anybody feels. So I hope anybody feels whatever they feel is valid. So uh, I'll just put that first. But um, if there is a small part of me that wants someone to feel a specific feeling, I, this is also a video that tells me to stand up for myself mm. because there are moments and many moments where I feel like, oh, I could have stood up for myself or I could have done that and reached out, but I didn't, or I could have said something then, but I chickened out and I did not. The many moments and, 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 and I have those thoughts late at night or like after that incident happened, I walk away or like I see something on the SkyTrain and I didn't do anything and I walked out of the SkyTrain or like those little things happen, little bubbles everywhere. And it's okay. You don't have to feel like you failed at life and it's it, it's because it's hard but the message is perhaps if you made that one step and perhaps if everybody worked together in unison just like time Ty said uh in in their other interview that we did and in our calls all the time he said that in unison there's power so even if we feel like as a as an individual, it's like what make what change will it make if it, if I just did it? I don't think it'll make a difference. It may not, maybe, but you may you could start something, and the ripple effect could be the difference. So I hope that if you in, if you encounter something like that, and if you feel like oh, is this the time? Like I hope it gives you the the courage to take that one step, and don't don't blame yourself if you can't. It's okay. You know, everybody has a lot of things that's going through internally and it's totally okay. We all understand. But if you feel like there is a moment, then perhaps that one step could be, if it wasn't, if this video inspired that, that would be such a huge win. Hmm. That's a really good answer, Mayumi. So Amanda, what do you have to say? I'll, I'll say my thing, but I'll tag onto this first, which I think... I, you know, there's like moments where I have caught myself or, or, you know, in hindsight thought, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, but, but alone, there is truly a danger around standing up too, because I, you know, I was told when I was growing up, yes, stand up for yourself, but there are some times where you, you know, you can't win every fight. <laughs> And if I was to do something and seeing the world around me and seeing what events are going down, me myself doing something could easily put me at great danger with, an, with anyone too. So I think with this video, seeing the power in numbers and to see, okay, if one person does it, that's like, that's a, a trying moment. But if we know that together we, we're all standing up, then yeah the power in numbers to to you know um 
push yourself to stand for what what you believe in. Um, so yeah, I'll take that on to Miami. Um, and then also, I think for me in this video, I would I I have. It's rare to see something that I feel so um, person like such like that's my story too. Um, and I think anyone watching it, I would love for them to feel this sense of, oh, I've been there. And then to, to um, have that thought of, oh, I recognize this to instigate a, um, a thought process on how, if you've been there before, if this has, if this happens again, how does that differ the next time? whether you're um, playing into this or whether you're a visitor to that situation, how is this going to change? Because I think this video is about change. I just wanted to add that um, earlier when Amanda talked about the danger of when you stand up for yourself, sometimes you need to pick and choose that's exactly what i'm de i'm defending baba <laughs> when yeah when at, at first he stops his daughter and it's not because you know he's he he he, he knows that fear of like uh that it it, it may end up in putting her in danger mm -hmm. and he's protect he's trying to protect his daughter so um, I want, I just want to defend Baba. <laughs> like he is yeah. not, it's not, it's not him being cowardly. It's, it's his way of dealing with uh, confrontation. And I think we can all relate to that, that like, um, so, and I, I, and I see my father or like my mother or like people that I know in Baba in that moment too. And myself mm -hmm. as well, that like mm -hmm. just look down, walk away. And it's a, it's a very, scary moment where like you 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 want to the intention is there but like you just you just can't and especially if you're if your daughter is going to be in danger like he feels like he needs to stop her at that point but um yeah I just wanted to mention but that thank you Amanda mm -hmm. Uh, well, for you. for listeners who who haven't seen the video yet, Baba is the character, the father character uh, played by Taima. What I what I love about what you're saying though. Um, and maybe this is a, like a nice kind of like visual to to wrap it up though is is the the video kind of shows the impact that we all can have on each other as well when we all stand up you know because baba is inspired by his daughters really to take a stand and then when he takes that stand everybody else who is there also takes a stand you know, and so in, we're not siloed. They're not individual little tables at that moment. It's like the full force of, of that, no matter what cultural background they're from, you know, they take the stand and then the, the racists check themselves, you know? So, and I think that um, that's why, that's one of the many places where I had joy in, in your video, Mayumi and Amanda. Um, okay, different than before, it premieres well, actually, Amanda, why don't you give us all the information about how to enjoy the song and when to enjoy it and what to do if people enjoy it? May 20th, 12 Woo! p.m. on my YouTube channel. And 
Um, and um, if you like it, then uh, follow Mayumi to see what else she's doing because she has lots of other things that mm. she's doing. And this is why I just feel so lucky to work with her um, and the whole team that she brings on. Um, and then you can also find me on, on Spotify and wherever else to listen to the song um you can share it you can share share it it. tell tell people about it you can hashtag different than before hashtag different than before you can you can make your own cover to it you can make your own (laughs) dance to it endless are you trying to stop trend amanda (laughs) i don't have tiktok i'm too scared of it (laughs) <laughs> Amanda was also the choreographer for Grouplink and for this one as well. So, you know. Always a room for a dance. Always a room for a dance. <laughs> Always room for a dance. Oh, what a joy it is to speak with you today and also to be an official sponsor of the Different Than Before video. So thank you for that. And also next time, third collaboration, just just assume I'm going to be a part of it and just come to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yoni, I don't even need deal. the PDF. Just, just come to me. <laughs> deal, okay. Deal. Thank you both so much. And you can find links to everything that Amanda spoke about and that Mayumi has spoken about in the footnotes for this episode. So, listeners, thank you for spending this time with us today. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and we can keep having conversations like the one we've had today. Also, use that hashtag different than before when you shout about this video from all your social media rooftops. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene or at SabrinaArmf. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger, Davile, poor, poor, not Furminger. Dane, you are a Furminger to us for the original music. Why Your Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And... Hey, filmmakers, did you know that you can hire top quality, experienced and professional actors for your films? If you're producing a student film for course credits, working on a web series, a short or a feature film, you can afford to have some of the best talent in the business in your production. How, you ask? Well, UBCP Actor has an ultra low budget program which offers a range of options that cover everything from student films to productions with a $300,000 budget. There is a ULB program that will meet your needs, regardless of your budget. To learn more, visit ubcpactor.ca and look for ultra-low budget programs or email ulbprogram at ubcpactor.ca. Now is the time to jumpstart your dream for the screen.